The Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Well, hello and welcome along to the Planet Sports Rugby Podcast Japan 2019. I'm Adrian Barnard and this is episode 26 of our Japan 2019 series focusing on the Rugby World Cup in Japan. And my word, what a weekend it's been. We had the typhoon affecting the games across the weekend. The Scotland-Japan game went ahead in the end and with that remarkable, fantastic victory for Japan, which saw the Scottish team getting on a plane and heading home, knocked out in the pool stages. But fantastic for Japan. Well, our two reporters, Tom Ellis and Liam Flint, are now making their way back from Japan after their two weeks out there. And uh, they've left me with some more of their interviews that they've been recording over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to be listening to some of those in the coming days. Well, coming up in today's podcast, we'll be having a little look forward to the quarterfinals happening at the weekend. And we'll be hearing more from the Paralympian from South Africa, Neil Lowe, who we heard from in the podcast yesterday, a little bit about what he's doing out in Japan at the moment. And also we're going to be hearing about another event which perhaps hasn't had so much publicity with the Rugby World Cup going on. But nevertheless, it is another rugby event happening in Japan and it is the World Wheelchair Rugby Challenge. So stay tuned, we'll find out a little bit more about that. But first, let's have a look forward to the quarterfinals coming up at the weekend. And now we know, of course, with the pool games finished, who is going to be playing who. So first of all, we have on Saturday, the winner of Pool C, that was England. They're playing the runners-up in Pool D, Australia. And the second quarterfinal will be New Zealand against Ireland. Then on Sunday, the two matches coming up there, we have Wales against France. And finally, Japan, the local heroes, taking on South Africa. Can they beat the Springboks and make it through to the semi-finals? It's going to be fascinating to find out. So, with those quarterfinals already lined up, there's another event happening between now and the weekend. And I alluded to that just now, and it is the World Wheelchair Rugby Challenge. Now, this is an event for wheelchair rugby players. And, of course, wheelchair rugby is an event that will be coming up in the Paralympic Games next year. So, over the next four days, we have eight teams competing in the World Wheelchair Rugby Challenge. In Pool A, we have Japan, Great Britain, France and Brazil. And in Pool B, we have Australia, the United States, Canada and New Zealand. Now they play against each other in the pool games. Then the top two teams from each pool will be playing in the semi-finals on Saturday. And then we will have the bronze medal game and the final on Sunday. So yesterday on the podcast, we heard from Neil Lowe from South Africa. Now he's a Paralympian, a former Paralympian. He's competed in three Paralympic games. And one of the reasons he's over in Japan is in his role as working with the All Ability Sports Ministry Group. Now, yesterday we heard about the accident that Neil had as a 16-year-old when he was pushing a catamaran along a road in South Africa. The mast hit power cables and he and two of his friends had 11,000 volts shoot through their bodies. They weren't expected to live, but they did. Neil and the others saw it as a miracle that they survived, not only survived, but were able to continue with normal lives pretty well, although uh, each of them lost a limb. Well, yesterday we heard the first part of the interview with Neil and Tom Ellis was asking him then about the accident and what happened. In the second part of the interview today, Tom Ellis began by asking Neil Lowe how that accident led to his involvement in disability sport. 
well, right after the accident and with a newly amputated arm, the, the doctor, the surgeon told, told me that I would, he believed that I would participate in sport once again. Uh, little did I realize then that eight years later I would represent South Africa at the Paralympic Games in Sydney. So uh, at that stage it was, it was difficult to comprehend and I was unsure of my own capabilities. But I just decided to, 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 to live day by day and to make the most of the opportunity afforded to me and, and just trust the Lord for, for the strength and the ability to persevere. And, and it was one day at a time. And, and all of a sudden doors were opening up once again. And my introduction to Sport for Disabled opened doors for me and afforded me with opportunities I've never have encountered. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was introduced by a friend of mine and I realized that there was um, an opportunity to compete against athletes with similar disabilities. Um, you need to be classified in the Paralympic context mm-hmm. and and then there would be in, even international competition evolving there from. So... Um, Yes, it was actually amazing what happened. Um, I, I wasn't a sportsman before the accident. I competed in, in various sport disciplines, and it was almost as if it was temporarily interrupted because afterwards, by God's grace, and that was not foreseen, I even competed against able-bodied athletes in, in athletics, in playing rugby for the school team, um, although it was not the first team this, this time. It was only the f- fifth team, but it, uh, it, I enjoyed the participation and even playing tennis for the school team. So that's great. And, and at the moment, although I've retired as a Paralympian um, in 27, basically, I still compete in sport, although it's not on that high level. I still um, do competitive uh, triathlons, um, longer distance um, cycling events against able-bodied people as well as uh, um, open water swimming events for the last 10 years with with my sons. I've got three boys and we we love to do that together as a family as well. And was it two bronze medals you won? Yes, I've won two bronze medals in the 92 Paralympic Games in the 200 and the 400 meters and then uh, in the Paralympic Games of 96 in Atlanta a bronze medal in the 200 meters. So, yeah, at the end, it was three bronze medals during my international career. And then I think two silver medals at World Champs in Berlin in 1994. And also the, I was the African Championships in 1999 in Johannesburg in the 200 meter. And so what do you credit with these kind of achievements? What does it mean to you? And what does it mean to you in terms of the journey that you've been on? Um uh, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, when I was in hospital, uh, there was a nurse sharing a verse from Psalm 16 to me about about God's blessings and the plans He has for us. And and it, she actually sp- spoke prophetically into my life. I, I didn't realize the full meaning of that during that time of difficulty, but afterwards, in retrospect, it it, it came alight. And uh, and I and I just believe that that it's part of it. It was, in a sense, not really a lot of expectations and and. When I look back, it was not the arm that I lost that really matters, but, but all the countless blessings that I've gained in, in the race of life. So, so actually, I realized that um, I've got a new perspective on life. It's not about participating in sport alone, but it's the, it's the race of life where all of us are competitors. It's a marathon. It's not a 100-meter dash, mm. and we need to persevere and keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the, the author and perfecter of our faith. So, so it was only a bonus for me to, 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 to achieve those performances. But even the friendships established and, and the platform to share my faith and to meet people from all over the world, it added value to my life and expanded my personal sphere of influence. And you know, if I look back, the, the network of people 
um, that have been sort of created around me and people I've met and 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 friendships, uh, really meaningful Christian part of the Christian family within the sports world. Um, it's just so overwhelming and magnificent. Um, I really just praise the Lord for that. Um, and the journey continues, and I, I'm looking forward to what God has in store for me. And uh, we, we are getting more and more opportunities to train what we call all ability ministry training, where we, where we train church and ministry leaders also to, to align their ministries and to to make certain adjustments in order to be what we call more all ability friendly, to mm. to incorporate and integrate all categories of people dis- with disabilities into their ministry strategies and and activities, because that's what God is expecting of us. Um, the kingdom of God is for all, and um, and we are all fearfully and wonderfully made by God, and um, all are precious in His eyes. So I think we need a different perspective on people, and and what I believe is we need God's perspective on people. And in terms of that and what you're doing now with the All Abilities training and here in Japan, what are you seeing? What's exciting you about the impact that that's having? It's so exciting during this time, especially uh, because it's connected with the Rugby World Cup here in Japan at the moment. And there's a sort of excitement and and a a great environment which which, um, uh, is in a sense contagious and creates a platform for us to work from. And, and also with the Olympics and the Paralympics in a year's time. So, so we believe that this is an opportunity for us also to, to meet people and to build relationships um, for the longer, longer term. Um, and uh, since my colleague Steve and I, we are currently on the list also for being chaplains at the Paralympic Games, still need confirmation, but we might be back in a year's time. So... So this is a journey that will continue also with, with this region and with Japan as such. And um, having met a few pastors and church leaders, ministry leaders in the, in the last few days, it's, it's just fantastic. It's, it's really uh, it's touching and um, um, I've been blessed and, and encouraged by what I've seen and experienced. And, and I believe God is working in, in this country in a wonderful way. And he's, he's sending people from all over the world to come here and also to, to, to share the message of salvation and to, to touch the lives of people. And how important <clears throat> is it to have these big events like the Paralympics coming up next year and the Wheelchair Rugby World Cup, especially in a place and a culture like Japan where maybe attitudes towards those who will be competing at these events might have been different, say, in the past and are needing to be pushed forward. How important is it to have these big events and what role can sport play in actually pushing things forward? Yeah, it's very important. Um, I mean, the majority of people as they focus basically on the the World Cup rugby and uh, a minority knows about the fact that they simultaneously also um, uh, the the wheelchair rugby World Cup being being, um, conducted and and present or held here. So they, they would like to for me, people to to be exposed and to 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 um, attend the activities. That's why also the admission is free, and people need to to take note of 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 true elite athletes that compete within the true sort of high profile environment. Also, the pinnacle of triumph, courage, and endeavor within uh, Paralympic circles. So, so this I I believe will will set the tone and and create momentum for more people to to also be exposed and and take note of 
of all these categories of high-profile and elite athletes competing, and and they will all be um, here next year from all over the world. A few thousand of them competing at the Paralympic Games, which to be held two weeks after the Olympic Games. And the only reason for Paralympics is it's being held parallel to the Olympics. Some people think it it pertains to to paraplegics, but that's only one of various categories of people with disabilities competing. So. So in a sense, I think it, it, it creates an, also an opportunity to, to educate and to inform people about um, people competing with, with disabilities and what it entails and, and the opportunities being afforded. Neil Lowe there talking to Tom Ellis and the World Wheelchair Rugby Challenge begins in Tokyo on Wednesday with the final on Sunday. And now if you haven't seen wheelchair rugby before, it's a pretty brutal sport. I remember seeing it at the 2004 Paralympic Games in Athens. And I can tell you that it certainly lives up to its nickname of Murderball. The specially adapted wheelchairs go flying, but the players simply right themselves again and get on with the game. It's quite a spectacle. Now, it's always good to hear your comments about the Rugby World Cup on social media. And we've been asking you about the role of the Tier 2 sides. Teams like Samoa, Namibia, the USA, Georgia and Japan. Do they add to the competition or is the fact that they're often beaten heavily detrimental to the game making the pool stages boring well james in uganda says i think we need to add more teams look what has happened to japan for example to fiji now and miriama says tier one teams are the teams that make the pool stages boring (laughs) a very interesting perspective there miriama thank you for that Michael in Kenya says having tier two teams makes it predictable but not boring because we've enjoyed some good rugby even though they were beaten. So many thanks for your comments there and today we're asking which four teams do you think will progress from the quarterfinals next weekend to reach the World Cup semi-finals? Are the reigning champions New Zealand unstoppable and will the host nation Japan keep their World Cup dream alive? Well you can contact us on WhatsApp the number there is plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. That's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. Which teams do you think will reach the World Cup semi-finals? Well, tomorrow I'll be back when we'll be hearing from the former Samoa scrum half to Nualithia, who scored a try in the 1995 quarterfinal against the eventual winners in South Africa. So until then, from me, Adrian Barnard, thanks very much for joining me today. And the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, is a passion for sport production.